Hello my guys, my gals, and my non-binary pals. Welcome along to what is technically a bonus episode of the Peter Greenwood Show at the Glasgow Film Festival 2022. I know! Surprise! I interviewed a fellow called Leroy Kincaid. He is a writer and a director, he's a founder of his own studio, and he is putting together a film called The Last Right. What is The Last Right? Well, I'll let Leroy tell you himself. Take a listen. I'll stop asking you your name and what you do, please. Uh, so my name is Leroy Kincaid. I'm a writer, director, um, based in Kent. And uh, yeah, I guess you could say my main thing is um, taking an idea from an idea into making it into a film um, or short film or feature film. Um, as I've only done one so far, but on to the next one now. Let's talk a little bit about the film. It is called The Last Right. Let's talk about where did this film come from? So the idea uh, for The Last Right predominantly stems from um, some of my experiences with um, uh, sleep paralysis and night terrors. So when, when I was a child, I used to suffer from that. Um, and I wanted to, to do a film that I could serve truth in it if that makes sense um not just do a film for the sake of doing a film because it gets me further up the ladder but do a film that I would know that I'm serving it the best way because I've experienced something in and around it yeah um, and that was where I guess you could say the vibe of a concept came from um and then after that I just started working uh, some on some research on some different things that I'd come across over the years of doing um you know I guess I guess you'd call it like having an interest in the paranormal um and then yeah I, I just came up with the concept uh, for um the last right and basically introduced some of the elements that of the things I'd experienced in there and uh yeah here we are what kind of things did you find out when you were doing the research for the movie well, I found out a few things. Um, we, we, we start from the top and probably work our way down. Uh, so we start with a church. Uh, I found that the, let's say, if you're somebody who believes you're going under some duress of an experience, you don't, you're not really going to get taken that serious um, at first. However, there are areas of the church that are very specific to that deal with elements of that type of nature um they don't like the word um exorcism um that's a i guess you could say a hollywood word it's um known as deliverance ministry um so what it was very interesting when i you know was trying to have um you know an intellectual conversation not one that's put, poking fun at the hornet's nest or stirring it up uh, because i was just generally curious about um you know what happens if somebody does feel that they are being Possessed or whatever. Um, I mean, obviously, in today's world, there's a lot of mental sides that go into it. You know, is it mental health or other things? But I found that very interesting. Um, but be furthermore, when I went into other areas of research, you know, like um, sleep paralysis is quite a thing. Um, the shadow figures um, are, are a huge thing as well. Um, and, that, and that sort of gave me a bit more, um, let's say, runway to want to be able to tell a story that served these elements really well um, in the story, because what I want to do with the film is really um, 
create a space where people can just sort of ask themselves a question like, okay, does this actually happen to people? Um, Because everything's a Google search away, you see, especially now. Um, And I I I think if somebody, after watching the film, whether they think the film's great or whether they don't like it, if, if I can get them just to ask themselves that question and go out of their way and search for something, I think I feel like I would have done my job with um, creating that question in their mind, you know? Yeah. And what was it like when it came to putting ideas into the script? Was there anything you actually had to remove because you were like, this might be a bit too extreme for audiences? Um, no, I, I'd say... I, I'd say the thing... Looking back at it now, I think the thing that I was trying, I guess you'd say too much, putting too much emphasis on, um, because we had to strip it back, actually, in the edit. It was actually the relationship um, of the couple. Uh, I I found myself uh, against a wall where I was sort of being nudged to... um, well, not told to take it out, but I was being nudged to find a, a faster pace in areas of the of, of the movie. Because what was also important is um, I didn't want to tell a story that was literally just typical Hollywood jump scares, scare, 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 little to no background, little to no story. Like I, I didn't really want that. I wanted to um, to ground the story in a in a real world environment but also have people experiencing this supernatural um, affliction, you know, like I really, I really wanted to get that across, but the people needed to be quite human in the movie and, and not just like a, a, a typical scenario in the sense of like what you'd see in a film. It's like actually um, in a relationship, us as men sometimes have problems communicating Um Sometimes we just want to go home and be at peace and we don't want to have a bombardment of conversations. We want to chill out. And I think it was like, it was, it was trying to take two people that were in love that sort of worked that didn't work and sort of see what happens when supernatural stuff's introduced. Um, So, yeah, so I think that was the, the only thing that I had to strip back a tiny bit on really was that the, the, the scares and everything, were pretty much as I saw them. Um, but yeah, there was there was like one scene that I wrote uh, before uh, before I even made it into like the final 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 version of the draft of the script. Um, that well, that was a bit bit more of a horror scene, but that, that didn't make it into the, the the script in the end anyway. So that came out. But um, but yeah, all the horror stuff made it in predominantly. That's that's really interesting that basically everything that you set out to do was made it into the the finished film. Was there anything? Let me start out again, please. What was was it like when it came to finding the cast for this film? Because horror is, must seem very intense to do when you're filming it. Yeah. I mean, finding the cast, you know, there's, there's, we start from again start from the ground up right what we do is if you look at it like when you're making a film independently you know and you don't have any of the supporting bodies or anything behind you 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 literally are like 
flying by the seat of your pants and you're just literally just going, okay, what can we do? Like, not how do I want it? It's what can we do with what we've got? You know, um, and that was really where we started. Um, our process in thinking was like, we had to go, what can we get in terms of a house or location? And what actors are going to be willing enough to get involved with a project where, you know, people were paid, but no one was paid like any, you know, retirement lifestyle money. Um, so we had to like, you know, sort of cast it in many different ways to try and find the right fit for the characters. Um, you, you know, it, it took a bit of time. One of the, the cast members was, uh, sorry, cast members, one of the, um, the actors, the, the, the characters of the story was pretty difficult um, to get right. And that was the, um, the boyfriend, the, the partner, Ben. Uh, he took a little bit of finding to, to find someone that would work right for that role. Because I think that, you know, a lot of people um, in, today, in today's world, you know, we want to um, collaborate and be on board with projects. But, you know, I understand that, you know, people got bills to pay as well. So it was quite difficult to find the right fit. Um, but, you know, we found um, Johnny. He, he was a great guy uh, for that. Um, Bethan, who was playing the lead as um, Lucy, she was fabulous uh, in, in her role. Um, she really, really took to that, I'd say, characterization of the dynamics really, really well. Um, and it was just so beautiful to see sort of like all these characters that, you know, you've, you've lived with and breathed for over a year or so come to life in, in a, in a, in a way where you hadn't seen it because the actors um, that portray your characters, they, they give life to, to them in a way that maybe you didn't quite see. Um, and it's like working on that collaborative place to be able to mold them and see what they've got. And if they've got it great, then you work with that. Um, I, I'd say one of my favorite characters was uh, Father Roberts um, played by Kit Smith. He, he, he really, really was the perfect fit for that role. Like, absolutely. It's quite weird, actually. Like, I don't, I very often remind myself to not see someone when I'm writing story or anything. I like to have almost like a, a body that I see, but I don't see a face because it, it can lock you in mentally too much to a specific nuance that you don't need. Um, but he was a character that I was like, I really see this sort of looking guy for this sort of role. Um, and when we found Kit, I was, I was like, yes, he has to be the one. <laughs> it's awesome. <clears throat> and what was it like rehearsing them all, getting them all together and getting them to bond as a group, both on camera and off camera as well? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a few, again, when you, when you look at, you know independent filmmaking you're you're ultimately like you know doing what you can um you know maybe you would want maybe more rehearsal time or maybe you'd want to workshop that scene or whatever but you know you you end up doing what you've got so we were very lucky and fortunate enough um to be able to get a little bit of downtime before with the guys to be able to you know go over a few scenes uh we had a couple of days where we did 
a few rehearsals just to sort of introduce everyone to one another um, and, and, and feel, the, feel the ground, really, and sort of like see what their ideas were on characters and that. Because sometimes I think if you leave it to the last minute and when you get in the house, like when you're about to do your main huge block of filming, you know, people are going to come in there with their own ideas straight away. And if you haven't had some time to play with it first, you're going to be shutting down ideas because it's, you know, it's not that someone's not right in what they're going to decide. It's just you you haven't got the time to, to have fun with it because you've got to get it done because you've got to make your date. So, um, yeah, so that was quite interesting. We also did a um it's like a, a demonic boot camp uh we, we called it both Bethan and myself <laughs> for um for basically like you know talking about like the layers of um darkness and the layers of everything that's going in to um this supernatural tale of the story uh so I, i'm i'm quite interested in the supernatural just generally anyway um, some years ago, I did uh, paranormal investigation work and I did stuff where I'd, I've actively gone into places to just see if there's anything there. Um, so over the years, you, you learn tiny little bits. So I said to, to Beth and I was like, look, if, if you're up for it, let's do this demonic boot camp. We'll do some stuff where we work on um, the, the, the darkness of Legion, which is the, uh, the entity. Um, that oppresses on the old uh, Lucy there. And we'll work this camp to be able to basically get you up to speed with anything you've got to ask that you might want to ask about demonology, that you might want to ask about sleep paralysis, demonic possession, three stages of demonic possession, shadow figures, and all sorts of stuff. And we literally was there for like, I think, I think all in all, it was like two days of like, what, eight to ten hours a day that sounds quite and intense it, it it was it was quite intense i mean um because it wasn't just about what was really good about it is it wasn't just about oh yeah let's act the scene and do the scene because i think that sometimes if you don't take the time to work the material it's very difficult i believe you know with having some experience acting as well, like it's very difficult to get into the character um, without an understanding of sometimes not the whys, but the nuances that get you to the whys, you know, to, to create the questions. Because uh, a, a lot of um, the surface level stuff, all just act possessed, it, it's almost like all oh, just act drunk, you yeah. know, but... It, it 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 was so much more than that, and um, I'm very thankful that um, Bethan, you know, uh, respected my views on it as I respected her views on it, and we we literally came together for those two days and and hashed it out, and it was really really good um, because she made so many so many notes. Um, you know, she had this massive booklet of all the detail that she'd gone into because um, I sent her a few documentaries to watch. Um, that are inspired by uh, if, if it's not like a true story of some sort in a movie, um, the documentaries themselves were people that had experiences. So, because there's a few out there um, and the one that 
um, I, I mentioned to her, which I found very interesting, was um, there's there's a documentary which is basically talking about the Vatican, and there's an area of the Vatican that's got a specific area that deals with demonology and um, like demons and stuff like that. So you go and get trained to become a priest that can do deliverance ministries and stuff like that. It's so fascinating when you um, start digging into the depths of the research of this sort of material. That's so interesting that the Vatican have a, I, I don't want to call it an exorcism branch, but that they actually have that. Is is that something that do you think what is pretty well known or is it kind of, they try to keep it hush hush a bit? Uh, I, I think it's probably more than hush hush, to be fair. So, you know, because you, you've got the, the Vatican City is like, um, it's not just the, the church, there's like a whole, it's like a whole area. But inside of that area, there's, um, yeah, there's, I guess you could say it's like a university of some sort. Probably they don't just study only demons. I'm sure there's more to, much, much more to it than that. Um, but it's just really fascinating that, um there's this whole ecosystem in this world that we that we're not privy to because we're not in you know you know we're not priests or monks vicars or whatever but there's this whole thing there and it's like it's not like a secret society of sorts but when you think of it like there must be there must be something to it if you're going to invest the money to build a building or have a building which is dedicated specifically for that type of work you know th yeah. this is those those questions i like to get people thinking and going hmm i wonder <laughs> yeah and it, it admittedly it completely threw me off like i want to sit and talk about this now but we got to focus on the film i apologize <laughs> profusely i want to ask a little bit about about bethan's performance because it looks quite a physical performance like a lot of bending and stretching was that important when you went to cast her as a performer yeah yeah absolutely so like it was um a very a physical role um lucy uh we we did mention to everyone that like you know the when we do the casting like you know we'd like to do a scene but there's also this other part we would like to do we just basically want you to act possessed um so we gave a bit of a brief on that and you, you know it was more about I really wanted to see how someone interprets being possessed themselves, how someone would feel their, their space and how they, they would contort themselves into something. Would they do something which is typical or would they try different things or whatever they'd want to do? Uh, so I gave the option of, uh, being sat in a chair or laying down. Like, I, th I think if my memory serves me right, I gave, there was two There was two options. So the laying down was like to simulate being in the bed and the uh, on the chair was just on the chair, whatever, whoever felt comfortable with what. So we, we had this um, little bit of playground with that. And what really caught me off, but in a really good way with Bethan, um, and I, and this is when I knew she was going to be the one was before we went into doing any of the 
um, you know, uh, the scene that, that she was going to do and all of that. She went off to the side. She was quite quiet. And she, you know, she, she was put herself on the side while she was just relaxing and getting into her character and that. And she was just stretching, like just stretching, leaning down, nothing crazy. She wasn't doing no yoga or nothing like that. It was just simple stretching. And out of anybody that had been there the entire day, she was the only one that did that. And I was like, I like how you think because you're getting your body prepared, not only just your mind, your body as well for what you're going to do. And, you know, she, she done, done the, um, the whole scene, the whole day went really well. Um, you know, we saw many other uh, people and actors for, for the role of Lucy but it was just, there was something extra that she gave us that I was like, yeah, that's, that's our lead. Um, and that, and that, I love that feeling when, when you, when you find um, an, a, an actress or actor that fits very well for what you're looking for and catches you out a little bit, because I know you can have fun with, um, with people like that, with people that are willing to go, the extra and I, and I think and I think it shows because she, she did a fabulous job when it comes to the possession stuff she did a fabulous job um, and I'm really really pleased that like you know we got to work together on that because it was just um, it was intense don't get me wrong um, a lot of nights a lot of night shoots a lot of um, how should we say a lot of hours mm-hmm. went into certain scenes because, um, you, you know, they had to be right. You know, it wasn't about just getting them done. You know, it's like, I'm a firm believer of not, don't get it done, get it done right. You know, because otherwise what you'll end up doing is you'll end up coming back, go to the edit, regretting you didn't spend more time on that scene. Maybe you might have to reshoot the scene. Yeah. You, you know, and and yeah, if, if people are willing to go the whole distance, then I, I'm someone that's willing to sort of get down in the trough and dig with you, you know? So, um, and because like what we, what the luxury was on filming days was that it was only the cast that really had to, um, to, to, to give up that additional bit more time on the set uh, and the sound guy as well, because it was really, really minimal with our um, crew. So like I was operating the camera, I was doing all the lighting and all of that and directing. Um, but our sound guy was predominantly the only other crew member that was there just, just on, on the side. And he, he was a fab, fabulous man. He just cracked on uh, Jonathan Ito he is a great guy. Um, and what, what's good about working with people that are willing to give it what it needs um, is that, it allows you that time to get it done right, you know, without having to rush and try and get things just done for the sake of it. And it must make your job so much easier as well as a, as a director, having been a performer as well, you can look at it from both sides and be like, okay, how do I try to speak to this performer? How do I get what I see in my head out? And, and you know how to approach them that way. Yeah. I mean, what the thing is, is it's like, it's not doing what what is typical in the most sense of the word of when people start saying result directing, like, oh, 
be sad. I'll be happy. I'll give me more anger. Like it, 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 if, if you're not really in the scene and someone just says that to you, it doesn't give you anywhere to go. Yeah. You know, what, what you need is you need to understand from the character's perspective in this moment, not, I, I mean, I, I guess you'd say this could be possibly a tiny bit more methodish, but it's not about what you think or you feel in this moment. It's about what is the character going through in this moment that makes them experience or express sadness, anger or lust or whatever's going on, you know? So I, I try to look at it not as the actor um, in what they're doing. I try to look at it as like, what is your character currently going through? Let's find that. Because I feel like the perform the performer side of anything that I've done in the past, um, you know, I resonated very well with people that took more time to just give me the ground space to be able to understand where, where we are, you know, not just like, Oh, is the start of the scene you walk in and you walk out like, yeah. you know, like, okay, what, what's gone on before this moment? Because everybody's had a day before their moments. Right. So for example, like with yourself, before we spoke on, um, on, on here, it's like you've had a day before this moment. And before this moment, you could have had a great day. You could have had a terrible day, but you're trying to, to put on a face for this moment or you're not, or you're just enjoying the conversations. It could be anything that you've experienced. But we've all had a moment before this. And that for me is what I find really interesting, especially when it comes to um, working with actors, because when they... They've got their idea and they come in and they have fun with it. It's, you know, if they're, if they're on the money and they're right, then I, I just sit down and watch the show. Sometimes what I might do is I'm, I might chuck a little curveball in there and just say, yeah, now let's think of this because it gives, it gives an actor or actress something to work with um, and not just get told a result, you know, happiness, yeah. sadness, yeah. or, you know, because there's nothing worse when, when you're, trying to find your space in a in a role or something and someone says yeah be more sad yeah because it's, <laughs> it's like where'd you go yeah as you said it's like okay i can only be sad for so long now give me some something to do now what am yeah. i sad about <laughs> a lot of yeah, questions in that tone of voice like what happens now what what is this yeah give me more <laughs> i'd like to ask a little about what the reaction to the, to the film has been like, how do you, do you enjoy getting reviews? Do you enjoy putting the work out and letting it speak for itself? Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm someone I've learned one very, 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 very important life lesson. That is um, to not give a flying F about, I can't swear, can I on your show? It'd be appreciated if you didn't. <laughs> there we go. I'm glad I uh, I beeped myself there. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you do not give a flying f about what anyone says, about what anyone thinks, or whatever. And the one reason I will say that is because if you get yourself into an analysis paralysis, you'll do nothing. You'll 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 only be whatever you believe you was worth when you went to school. And then after school, if your boss tells you you're good, you think you're great. If not, you're, you're nothing. 
the, the because the problem is, is like then you're putting everybody else in control of what you see and how you ultimately will move forward into life. Now, I'm very conscious to not look at reviews. Um, I don't. I don't actually want to one look at reviews or to care about reviews. Um, and the most important reason is like, do I believe that I did all we could do? And this will be the same on any project. Um, if I believe I'd done as much as I could do in the service of the story going forward, that is really what I care about. Because, you know, everybody's going to have their perspective on what they think a movie should be. And that's going to be from a keyboard. That's going to be from somebody who's never done anything before or people that basically make a career off of most likely tearing people's work down because let's face it most people only really praise familiarity in a lot of things which are things that they relate to and it's much easier to tear something down than to build it up so you know i think part of part of the process of going through the, the this whole stage when it comes to reviews and things like that is to be to be mindful of one's perspective on what you believe you did when it comes to telling your story um it's maintaining that because i think that is really where the heart and the magic of film really lies is you know you unless someone's a bit more bolder and a bit more bodacious and a bit more willing to try something you know you're not you're not going to ever break a mold you're just going to fit into a convention for someone else's mold in what they want yeah you know, it's like yeah I, I, th- I think i hope that sort of answered your question i mean it's 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 an interesting subject um when it comes to other people's opinions because i generally don't care yeah it, it absolutely did and that's the thing is what you said is that Everybody and their dog, literally everybody and their dog these days, has a keyboard and can sound off on social media. And if you spend your time searching for it, you'll find it. And that can stop you dead in your tracks. Like, why am I bothering if this is what people think? And it's always, at least I've always found that 15, 20 people can say something nice, but it's the one person who's a bit of a tool that I focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, look, like, look, let's 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 be completely real, put it on the table, you know, let, reveal every card that we've got. You know, I, I I myself as a film creative and director, writer, whatever, I'm not going to please everybody. Neither do, do I want to. And the reason why I don't want to please people is because then you're putting your creative, your essence, your worth in the hands of everybody else to decide who you are and who you're not. For, for me, you know, I have a society-based view on things. Um, I, I look at life probably somewhat a bit different to some other people, but one of the things that I really, really have at home is finding yourself inside of yourself and not being that person that everybody wants you to be. Because, you know, I, I'm going through the school system you know, I, I, I have my, my past with school and got the uh, dyslexia and all of that, those other things that go into that, you know, touch of autism I'm learning as well, which is 
quite good because it lends itself to me being more creative. But one of the things is, is that I was always told I would not be able to do really anything from school. You know, like um, if I if I look at it, like I was in special needs for English. So my weakest of my abilities was reading and writing. Um, I can still I can read, but reading aloud is very difficult. So like if from from the acting side of stuff, I, str I, I struggle with table reads. I can't do table reads I, because the translation of words into my head and then out of my mouth, like it just it's like <laughs> i don't know what i'm reading yeah. i'll read like the first part line of the page and then i'm near the bottom of the page it, it's really weird but what what i found though going through school and having these learning difficulties that followed me into adulthood was that nobody really knows what you're capable of doing and when when we put our essence our, our belief in ourselves, you know, like we've all got a belief of some sort, like something that we believe we're worth or, you know, something that we want to do. And we secretly, maybe inwardly see that, but we don't go out of our way to try it because somebody else maybe said something to us, you know, it's like when, when that sort of stuff happens in life, I, I, I absolutely, you know, I, 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 this is why I absolutely do not give a flying F about people's opinions because you can't, you, you can't do it, you know, because when I, when I look back now, especially from, from the school thing, you know, so we're talking some good number of years ago, you know, there, there were little moments that I experienced in school where I can still remember them now, but, had I let them fester in me to the point of where they would have caused me to be paralyzed to not take action, honestly, I, I'd never have thought I'd ever write a script. Never in a million years. Um, but it was just not listening to what people thought I could be and just, right, I want to write a script, just go and write a script. It's, it's not as easy as that, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you, you want to go and play tennis, cool. Get some shoes, get a racket, find somewhere and go and play tennis. Like, let, let's not make life more difficult than it needs to be. Um, but I, I, I do think it's a downward spiral when you spend, not, not yourself, but like when we spend our lives just consuming what everybody else thinks of who we are. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's very unhealthy. Um mindset to have so so yeah so sorry i've waffled on around loads of stuff there but um in 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 short no i haven't really looked at reviews <laughs> no not i feel like that's a conversation that if you know if we didn't have lives to lead we could we could continue on on with because i've got similar stories that i can share but we've got other things to do with our days at least you do <laughs> you're, you're putting a film out i imagine so you, you've got your things to do Oh, I've got a couple of things to do. Currently yeah. working on on the next the next little bits and pieces. So yeah, so I'm just in the mix of that, really. Yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you. When this film comes out, what's next for you? What is the rest of I know it's March, middle of March, twenty twenty two. But what is the rest of the year looking like for you? 
So at the moment, uh, we obviously we've got the release of um, the last right coming up in April, um, like fourth of April, I believe. And once you know that's out, ultimately, um, it, that's pretty much it. And you know there might be one or two other territories that will come up along the way, but ultimately that's our movie out. And then for, for me, I'm I'm a forward thinker. I do believe in having a plan after the plan, you know, like when that's done, what's next, when that's done, what's next. So I've got uh, two other feature scripts um, pretty much ready to go. Uh, one's a sci-fi action-y type of film, a bit like Aliens meets 28 Days Later in that sort of space. And the next one that I'm moving on to um, is one called Hollow Ones. And that's a bit like Strangers meets Midsummer. So it's a bit, uh, home invasion style um, because I sorry gone I was going to say that place sound fascinating yeah 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 I, I mean I, I love keeping creative um, y- you know I'm I, I flourish very much in just working on new ideas and concepts and and stuff and I think you know going back to what I was talking about earlier with like the the learning difficulty special needs stuff well weirdly because I never had the ability to shut off my creativity, which is why I had issues in school, because you, you were classified as uh, high functioning, like hyperactive and being all like that. Well, ultimately, what it was was energy trying to express itself through me. So what I find, especially now, is being able to harness elements of that. I, I just keep on creating and I feel literally like alive when I do it. So um, we've got those two feature films. I've got two other short films that I wrote. Uh, one is a bit like um, it's a bit supernatural with uh, an underworld action sort of vibe in it. A bit like, uh, think of Atomic Blonde that with the action. It's a bit like that. And then this other one that I'm working on, which is a bit of a cyberpunk um cyberpunk futuristic cyborg type of project um so i'm very like i'm very interested into multiple facets of uh, genre because I, I think yeah i, I think I, what i want to try and aim to do when when it comes to my work is i want to have a through line that's uh, a mixture of light and dark so think of like yin and yang um yeah. love and hate you know, fire, water, if you think of opposites, um, I, I want to use that as my through line in my work. Um, so, yeah, so even though the genres might be slightly different, uh, the, the through line will still be the same. Yeah, and it's still um, something that you enjoy doing. Absolutely, man. I'll I, 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 I be lost. I'd be lost without it. So, yeah, so that's, that's my the rest of my year. So hopefully we get onto um, the next feature by the end of the year and we'll get the the next short done probably hopefully by you know summertime perhaps sounds fascinating where can people find out more about the last ride and watch it either either theatrically or on demand so at the moment uh, the film the last Ride's not out in the uk will be coming out uh, 4th of april um it will be on all the main um, streaming platforms so it'll be on Amazon um, iTunes it's going to be on the Sky Store um, 
it's also on there's a couple of other online ones i can't remember the name of them now there's some that i've not heard of before um but it's going to be on most of the main ones um unfortunately not netflix but you know hey you never know um and yeah the last right if you go to um the last right on instagram or if you type the last right uh, movie into google you'll you'll have a load of stuff that will come up there um yeah and you know feel free to i guess reach out and connect with myself um leroy kincaid uh, you can find me on instagram twitter i don't really use twitter too much but yeah you can find me on all those main platforms leroy thank you so much for your time today it was great to chat to you likewise mate likewise thank you very much peter for your time and that, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, is it for today's episode of The Peter Greenwood Show at the Glasgow 2022 Film Festival. And it really is the end of the Glasgow 2022 Film Festival coverage. It's been a journey. We've laughed, we've cried, we've gotten fired, and we've learned a thing about ourselves along the way. Thanks to Leroy for sitting and talking to me, I did watch the film. And it's one of those films that you think about, and it stays with you. Although maybe that's just me and possession films, who knows. Anyway, so much more show will be coming up. Keep your eyes peeled. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can. You can find me on social media, P-E-T-G-R-E-S-H-O-W. So until next time, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Bye, every single buddy. Bye.